I thought I was going to have to sit down there for a second. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and uh, we continue in our series tonight uh, it, uh, entitled A Charge to Keep, and I'll remind you very quickly uh, that uh, the, we're talking about the Apostle Paul uh, who got the faith from the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be reminded the faith we hold to uh, is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is not a faith of men. Is not a faith of a of a religion. Uh, it is the faith that Paul received from Christ, and then Christ, uh, then Paul, uh, as we looked in chapter number one of First Timothy, he uh, commits it to Timothy. He reminds Timothy that he has a responsibility, and uh, he commits it to him. And uh, that's we get the charge to keep. He charges him with the faith, and it is important that we realize that we have the same charge and the same commitment must be uh, in our minds committed to the faith. When I think of this, I certainly think of a man as faithful as the Apostle Paul and the imprisonments that he endured. His life was lost because he kept the faith. Uh, no doubt the hardships that he endured. He was not uh, a, a popular man in religious circles, uh, but uh, he was one who uh, certainly held to the faith. Uh, certainly throughout history, there's been many uh, who held to the faith and wouldn't compromise. I think of the uh, unnamed martyrs in Hebrews chapter number 11 who held to the faith. Our Baptist forefathers who would not, uh, would not accept uh, infant baptism uh, because it was not of the faith. And uh, they had a responsibility and they kept the faith. It is because of all those sacrifices that we're able to sit here. And a part of the teachings that we've had uh, for really more than a year now uh, from uh, the letters of the Apostle Paul is, is so that we are understand. I, there's too many flippant, uh, too many that are flippant with the faith. Uh, blood has been shed so that we could have the Baptist faith, so that we could have Bible faith. Blood has been shed. Uh, that's what we get, we, get, we get upset and we should when it comes to our nation, uh, when the things that we enjoy and the price that has been paid for us to have our freedom and people just don't, don't care about it. And one of the reasons why they don't care about it is they don't know enough about the sacrifices that have been made. They think it's always been this way. Not the case. Same is true when it comes to the, the faith and a charge to keep. Um, I wonder, do you, did, did the, we know the answer to this. Did the Apostle Paul take it seriously? He, did Timothy take it seriously? Took it seriously. Those that I described took it seriously? Now, before we even get to the Bible study, do you take it seriously? We should take it very, very seriously. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's young children in, in, in the service. They're in the nursery. There's more, more coming. Um, we, we, we need to hold the faith for them. Uh, that, and so it's important. And I want to remind us of that as we get into uh, the message tonight, the study tonight. Last Wednesday night, we ended chapter number three, talking about the pillar and ground of the truth, and then without controversy. There's some things that people like to try and make controversial. They're not controversial. Because if God has said it, God's established it, there is no controversy. And the controversy is rebellion against what God has established. That's where the controversy comes from. That's why the Bible tells us to mark them which cause division. Um, well, you just cause them trouble. No, no, no. Don't teach false doctrine and there will be no trouble. Uh, we're just doing what we're required to do to point out so that somebody doesn't fall prey. And so there's some things that are just they're without controversy. They're settled. Uh, we don't need to take a poll about what we believe about it. So we get into chapter number 4 and verse number 1. And we'll take our, our study tonight from verse number 1. Now the Spirit 
capital S, Holy Spirit, member of the Trinity, member of the Godhead. The Spirit speaketh expressly. The word expressly means with urgency or plainly. He's just going to say. You know, God has a way of just saying what is on his mind. Uh, so the, the, we see the urgency. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. And then we have an explanation of why. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, <clears throat> there's a few things I want to point out before I even pray. Um, they can't depart from the faith if they don't have the faith. They're not talking, I don't believe Paul's talking about lost people. I believe there's those who have the faith and they lead the faith. They don't lead the faith because they're convinced the faith is wrong. Eventually, they are convinced, but they're seduced away. And so tonight, I want to bring this Bible study as we talk about keeping the charge that is given to us, and I've entitled it, Listening to the Right Voice. If you and I, as children of God, if we don't listen to the right voice, we are going to fall into the category that's being spoken of. Again, I remind you, uh, we are all flesh, are we not? We, we all face the same temptations. There's a reason why the Apostle Paul is warning Timothy of this. He's telling them, him this, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, don't be discouraged. You, don't, you just expect it. But he doesn't want Timothy to depart from the faith. Now, I think Timothy was an outstanding Christian. Outstanding Christian. I mean, if you're going to keep, if you're going to be in the company of Apostle Paul, we've already talked about this, you're going to be able to feel the pressure and keep up with the pressure. Because the Apostle Paul was on a mission. And so Timothy, being his young son in the faith, and he certainly wasn't young by we time we look by the terms we look at young. But even he, why would, if, if Timothy was a great Christian, I think he was, if he was, he, was, he was a preacher of the gospel, which he was, if he was a faithful man, which he was, why would Paul warn him? The key there is in the seducing spirits because we all can be vulnerable to the wrong voice. So tonight I want us to listen to the right voice. Father, help us as we look in your word. May the Spirit of God teach us tonight, instruct us. Uh, may our, our faith be strengthened this evening. Uh, may we learn some things that would keep us grounded in the faith to remind us of the value of the faith that we have. And Father, I pray that this one verse of Scripture tonight would help us in our discernment and things of this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to, some of this I, that I'm going to mention tonight, a couple of illustrations I used a few years ago when I taught uh, for that year on the last day's theology and the emerging church uh, theology and those, those sort of things. And so I will touch on a little bit of that. So there's some things I'm going to establish right out of the beginning and certainly we'll look at this from, from our text this evening, but also using the word, the word of God very practically this evening. We see in verse number uh, 1 of chapter number 4, we have the Spirit speaketh, and then we have seducing spirits. We have two competing voices that are mentioned here. Now, there's two competing voices, but there's only one voice of truth. It's important for you and I to be reminded of the book of Jude says the, the, the faith, not a faith, the faith once delivered. It did not get delivered again with a new millennial generation. 
It did not get delivered again because a group of people didn't like what it was. It's the faith once delivered. It's important for you and I to understand this. It's important for you to I why? Because I want us to be able to discern through everything that is that we hear today so that we can hold the faith, keep the charge that we've been given. There's two competing voices, but there's only one truth. There cannot be truth and alternate truth. I've had discussions about the faith, and sometimes people say, well, yeah, that's what the Bible says. I just don't believe that. doesn't matter what you believe. doesn't matter what I believe. It just only matters what God says. There cannot be an alternate truth. There is truth, and there is error. There is right. There is wrong. So we have two competing voices, but only one voice of truth. You have two different viewpoints, but only one is truth. You, you ever face a situation or see a situation where you have people not on the same page and it's simply because they have different viewpoints of a situation? They, one person sees it this way, one person sees it this way. They say, well, depending on how you look at it, depends on who's right. That is true to a point because if it's the way God looks at it, that's the viewpoint that's right. So we have two different viewpoints, and I remind you, the Spirit of God is truth. And I want to take your memory all the way back for a few years ago. The, 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 that emerging church contemporary crowd, they have attacked the deity of the Holy Spirit. They ignore the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They push Him aside. And you wonder if it has anything to do with the Spirit speaketh expressly. The Spirit is the voice of truth. There's a lot of possible or passionate opinions but only one voice of truth. Thus we have the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, the third member of the Godhead. And then we have the counterfeit, or we have the alternate, the seducing spirits. Now, if we know the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit as we see in verse number 1, is the Spirit of God, there cannot be two spirits of God. There's only one Spirit of God. So they're labeled seducing spirits, but it's important for you and I to know if it's not of God, it is of Satan. That's why some think I'm being harsh when I say, well, if, if you don't believe what the Bible is, you're believing the doctrine of devils, what is mentioned here in verse number one. Because many are deceived. Because there's only one spirit of God. There cannot be two. There's only one. So every other spirit, the Bible talks about the spirit of Antichrist. There is a, an Antichrist that will be revealed, which I'm not really worried about because we're going to be raptured out of here. But his spirit, there's those that have his spirit. What is the spirit of Antichrist? It is anti-Christ. It is anti-Christ as the only source of salvation. It is anti-Christ as the Son of God. It is anything that a spirit that opposes him. So it's either the spirit of Christ or it's the spirit of Antichrist. Same thing when it comes to the Spirit of God and then seducing spirits. We like to put them in all these different categories. There's only two, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Satan. Those are the two sources every spirit comes from. Some are been deceived. Go to second, not tonight, but go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and read the list of the things in the, in the perilous time shall come. There are those who are deceived and they're going to be more deceived, the Bible tells us. They are convinced they're right. What happened if they got enticed by a seducing spirit, which is not of God, and, and Satan from the beginning of time has had a counterfeit to everything God has done. 
And so now we have the Holy Spirit and we have seducing spirits. Now, I'm going to, by way of introduction, I'm going to lay a lot of groundwork and then I'll just give you the points very quickly tonight. The Holy Spirit is not going to work against himself or against other members of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit's not going to work against God the Father. The Holy Spirit's not going to work against God the Son. The Holy Spirit is not going to lead anyone different than the Word of God would command. That's why the attitude, well, I've prayed about the Spirit. If it's contrary to Scripture, that it was not the Spirit of God that led you in that direction. It was a seducing spirit. Uh, because the Spirit of God is not going to lead anybody, me, you, anybody, contrary to the Word of God. That's why it's been, it's been, it's been the devil's play uh, from the Dark Ages with the Catholic Church. Uh, nobody has a Bible. So then those who would parrot, parrot the seducing spirits can tell them whatever they want them to hear, but it's not the Word of God. That's why when somebody discovers the Word of God for the first time, it's like, well, what they've been saying and what the Bible says is not the same. The same is true today. You go into one of these, the, the, the average emerging type churches, the average person does not know the Scripture at all. Thus, the seducing spirit has, has control. He has the influence, and I'll get to that in just a moment. So the Holy Spirit is not going to lead anyone different from the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is not going to be a stumbling block to a new Christian's growth. Just as the Holy Spirit is involved in the conviction, after the belief, it is involved, he, the Holy Spirit is involved in the sealing until the day of redemption. He has to be involved in the growth of a child of God. It, it takes the Spirit of God to help a new Christian grow. That's why it's important when somebody gets saved, we get them in the house of God so they can, they can start growing. They hear, the, they hear the, the word of God. It's important that we put a Bible in their hand and help them learn how to have their daily walk with God, even if start with those bite-sized pieces. And, and watch the Spirit of God must be involved. He's not going to do anything, at least, least a, 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 be a stumbling block to, to a new Christian's growth. The Holy Spirit is not going to lead you to be less Christ-like or less like Christ and more like the world. The Holy Spirit will never lead a Christian to be less like Christ and more like the world. So to even use the name of the Holy Spirit in a worldly manner is blasphemous. Because the Spirit of God is never going to lead you, going to lead me, going to lead anybody to be more like the world and less like Christ. And, and might I add... It, let me use an illustration I use often. If you have Christ at one extreme and you have the world at the other, Christ is the pattern. The more you get like Christ, the further you get away from the world. Likewise, the further you get away from Christ, the more you get like the world. That's why your pastor, let me remind you something I said two or three weeks ago. If there's a pattern that I see in Scripture, and there's seven steps before this person is in the world, I'm not going to start fussing at six. At number one, I'm going to make a big deal about things that some don't think it's a big deal. But when I see a pattern, you start to look a little bit more like the world, talk a little bit more like the world, act a little bit more like the world. You cannot do that and be like Christ. The Spirit of God is going to lead you one way or the other. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you you can have a relationship with Christ without repentance. That's a big one you hear today. 
Just a relationship with Christ. Come find a relationship with Christ. You don't find a relationship with Christ. You are convicted of your sins. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And through salvation, you have a relationship with Christ. Recently, somebody tried to use our, our printing ministry and wanted a, a, a track done, and they, they wanted to change our wording to just what I described, just have a relationship with Christ. That had nothing to do with knowing you're a sinner, nothing to do with repenting of the fact that you're a sinner and believing on Christ. Find a relationship. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead anybody to believe that they can find a relationship without first realizing they're a sinner. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you that you are okay as you are. But he is going to convict you of your sin condition. Uh, often when a preacher gets up and preaches the word of God and people get mad, they get mad at the preacher, they ought to get mad at the Holy Spirit. But they're not, they're not bold enough to get mad at the Holy Spirit. And let me suggest you don't do that. Let me suggest you just we just let him convict us. The Holy Spirit will not leave you comfortless and empty due to self-help theology. And it's creeping in our Baptist churches. And I say the average because I think it's probably true. It's just you come and you get a, self, you get a self-help lesson. You know, self-help is not going to change the world. I mean, it's a shame, and I don't have time to really go down this rabbit trail. The average person comes to church for help, and what they get is the latest regurgitated self-help. And that's humanism. Humanism. The Holy Spirit won't leave you comfortless and empty due to self-help theology. However, the seducing spirit, which the word seducing simply means to sway or entice off of a path of virtue. So that seducing spirit, is, there's two things we must be reminded of. That spirit is not of God. It's right there in your Bible. Now the Spirit, capital S. That's the, the Holy Spirit, giving heed to seducing spirits, little s. That's a spirit not from God. It's a spirit from the devil, from Satan. The word, so it's important to understand the seducing spirit is a spirit not of God. But by using that word seducing as the Spirit speaks, it is reminding us that it's a spirit that entices us. It appeals to us to do what? Not to get free from the bondage of an independent Baptist church. It seduces us off of a path of virtue. We believe the Bible, don't we? That's what the Bible tells us. So likewise, we would say those things about the Holy Spirit. A seducing spirit will work and speak against God the Father and God the Son. A seducing spirit will lead you different than the Scripture. I don't get mad at some of these who are caught up in, there's the ones that know better, they should know better, but these that get enticed and they, they fall into these cults and they fall into these emerging church type and, and there's not an ounce of gospel that, that's preached and they get caught up in that and, this, and I, I feel bad for them because a seducing spirit will lead you different from the Scripture. There's not, they don't know better. I just, I just, I felt it. Be careful what you feel, because that's not always of God. It's amazing. They, they felt it when they were in the bar on Friday night with a different band. You shouldn't feel it the same way in church on Sunday. Now, the music, the band was probably more equipped on Friday night than Saturday, you know. But that's a whole other story. 
A seducing spirit will be a stumbling block to the growth of a Christian. A seducing spirit is going to lead you to be less like Christ and more like the world. You know it. Well, the spirit has left me away, led me away. Where did it leave you? Well, it left me, led me to this place over here, and it's nothing but love, and, and there's not a man that's going to stand up there and yells at me, and, and there's all these things. You, you know what? We've seen it. You've seen it. You know what's going to happen. Next time you see them, they're going to talk different. They're going to be dressed different. They're going to be going to different places. Before you know what, they're going to be doing different things. You know how, you, you know how it is. Why? Because this, a seducing spirit will seduce you to be more like the world. That's why, just that I'm getting ahead of myself and i got to watch the time tonight because I could talk about this all night long. You, in, the, in the pulpit, the man of God is still to be holy, set apart, sanctified. The Spirit of God will lead him. That's why I preach to me, just as I preach to you, lead him to be more like Christ. Whenever you have a man, I don't care what the, 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 the if it says Baptist on the sign, whatever, but when the man in the pulpit starts to look more like the world, talks more like the world, acts more like the world than Jesus, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. Because that's what a seducing spirit is going to lead you to be less like Christ and more like the world. A seducing spirit is, is going to tell you that you can have a relationship without repentance. Uh, if you think back, I taught this, these average churches that have, don't have the faith, don't have the word of God. And this is, this is, this is where the blood of innocent people are going to be on their hands. People come looking for the gospel and they say, well, just come and, 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 and decide to have a relationship with Christ. That sounds good, but that is not the gospel. Just choose a relationship, and they'll come, and they'll sit them on the, sit them on the front pew, and, and they'll, they'll give them a card and say, what, what are you coming for? And they just check a box. I'm choosing Christ, or I'm choosing a relationship. The Bible's never open. The gospel's never given. Uh, a seducing spirit then will get them down that path. And then it goes even further. You say, well, well Pastor, they're having all these baptisms. What are they? That's, what, that's why they have their baptisms. Because they're choosing a, choosing a relationship with Christ. The Holy Spirit's going to choose you to repentance, not a relationship without repentance. That's why, how's your relationship? Did you choose a relationship? Find a relationship. Those are all red flags. You have a relationship after salvation. You don't find a relationship with Christ on the Easter egg hunt. You don't find a relationship with Christ in the church bulletin. You find it through the Word of God, the conviction of the Spirit of God. A seducing spirit is going to convince you or, or comfort you and convince you of your self-righteousness. You know, when the Word of God is preached, sometimes we come in and it encourages us, it helps us, and sometimes we come in and the Spirit of God works us over. And we're reminded exactly what we are. But you, you talk about those that have the seducing spirit. It's all about how good they are. About how they can do it. About how they can overcome. They, and there's, I, the Spirit of God helps us overcome. But sometimes the Spirit of God makes us feel like the dirty, rotten sinners we are. 
Why is that so bad? It's not. Because we all have to be reminded that if we're saved, now we're just a sinner saved by grace. And we're not everything that we want to be. Seducing spirit, I'm almost done with the introduction. It'll get better, I promise you. A seducing spirit will leave you comfortless and empty because of self-help humanist philosophy. Joel Osteen's your best life now. This isn't going to help anybody. When it gets down to it, what helps you get through it? It's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. So we see a contrast between the two. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit points to the doctrines of Christ. We have the seducing spirits. Look with me in verse number 1. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Holy Spirit... Now, I hope this helps you tonight because this is the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the doctrines of Christ. That's what the Spirit of God points to. That's why the Spirit, you'll never find the Holy Spirit pointing anybody to himself. He's always going to point to Christ. That's why sometimes we say this and we really don't look at it through a Bible lens. But sometimes it's just like you, get, you, you, you take this, this music and you get worked up in a fringe. It's like, oh, I felt the Spirit. You did not feel the Spirit because the Spirit's never going to point at you or at itself. He's always going to point to Christ. You can feel the Spirit, but when do you feel the Spirit? When you start thinking about what Jesus did for you. Well, there's those old hymns. They just don't move me like, well, you've forgotten about your salvation. You've forgotten about Christ. So we have the Holy Spirit, the doctors of Christ, the seducing spirits, doctors of doctrine of devils. Let me remind you what I said at the beginning. You, you don't have an alternative truth. You either have the Spirit of God, you have, a doctor, you have, the, you have the doctrine of Christ or the doctrine of devils. There, there's not anything in between. There's the Holy Spirit, there's seducing spirits. And Paul is writing to Timothy to remind him of this. He speaks to it at greater lengths in, in, in the second epistle to Timothy. But we have to be reminded that there's just two. We live in a world in our country where <clears throat> there's every flavor and, and all these things, and, and it's just choose who you want and what you want. That is not Bible. Because there's the Holy Spirit and there's seducing spirits. The Holy Spirit is always going to point to the doctrines of Christ. The seducing spirits is always going to point to doctrines of devils. <clears throat> I made this statement, and I think it's important for me to make it now, but I made it in all that teaching. It is a dangerous thing to adopt the methods of a belief system that is wrapped around false doctrine. Well, we do, and many of many good people, I think, and many, 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 many sincere people, and even in the Baptist movement, they're sucked in, has been seduced, and not even realize they've been seduced because they see some methods and say, "Hey, that might get somebody else in my church." Hey, we all want to grow our church, but they don't. What What is wrong with the problem is they don't realize that method is wrapped around false doctrine. Study the false doctrine of Rick Warren before you adopt his methods. Because it is all written around. Do you know what the doctrine of Christ is written around? It's right here in the book. You go two by two. Confrontational soul, and you preach the gospel from house to house. That's the methods that we have been giving. 
Well, we live in a different, I understand we live in a different day, and we ought to use every, like we have, we, we have, there's people listening to my radio tonight, there's people watching my live stream tonight. Some will watch it later uh, on, 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 our, on our YouTube channel. If you don't know what that is, you're okay. Some will even get the podcast. If you're over 60, you don't even know what that is. But anyway, I'm for using all of that. But the methods are the same because it's built around the doctrine of Christ. Well, that's not fancy enough. Brother Fox, stand up. If you're not pointing people to Christ, you have got to entice them to come into your group so that they can have an experience. Hey, won't you come to church on Sunday? I think they still call themselves churches. I want you to come. I want you to family. We have movie characters for your kids to play with. So that's what they're going to do the whole time. We have all these other things. I'm going to, the, the pastor or the, let me see which pastor it is. It's the lead pastor, the teaching pastor. The, I can't remember. One of those pastors, he's got a Bible study that you'll find in about 40% of these kind of churches all across the country. But he's going to give that Bible study series. So I want you to come and have an experience. And we have a band. Y'all like bands, don't you? I'm seeing you nodding your head. Yeah, you like, you like, band, you like bands. And we're, going to have a, we're going to have an experience so that when you leave, it's like, man, I've never been to church like that before. That's a, doc, that's a method. Pastor, what's wrong with promotion? Nothing's wrong with promotion. We use it. But that's a method built around a doctrine because you're, you're trying to have them to have a quote-unquote relationship without repentance, without conversion and experience. And some have taken some of these same methods and don't realize this, it's wrapped around false doctrine. This is, the, this is the Bible method. Hey, I want you to come to church and... and Something more important than that, if, are you 100% sure you're on your way to heaven? I mean, you're just going to come right out and say that? Well, that doesn't make sense except for the fact the Spirit, capital S, is capable of doing on a front porch, on a back porch, in a Walmart parking lot, somebody who's not articulate, is capable of getting down in that heart and saying, this complete stranger, you don't know why you opened your door, you don't know why you said okay, but you better listen to them because they're telling you the truth. That's what the Spirit of God can do. That's not what an experience does. I... We can all testify this. Our salvation was a sacred moment when it comes to our relationship with Christ. It was our conversion. It was the adoption into the family of God. It was the changing of our eternities. It, it, it's, a, it's a sacred moment. I think back to as a little child, I, I can remember the circumstances around. I can remember the building. I was very young, but I remember very clearly the call to preach. That was a sacred time in my life. All of us could testify of times where there was a sermon that was preached or we were reading our Bible or something was taking place and the Spirit of God spoke to us very clearly. The Spirit of God comforted us in a great way. Those are sacred moments. That's not an experience. That's the Spirit of God ministering. 
from the inside out. So we can't take the methods that are wrapped around doctrines of devils because the seducing spirits know what the gospel is. You can sit down, Brother Fox. And if the gospel's not preached, they, the devil's fine with you and I having as many experiences as we want. I've used my entire time for the introduction. Let me just give you the outline tonight. I'm going to make four statements. It's important for us because you hear a lot of, and I, and I spoke about this recently, you hear a lot of religious terms and words. You and I, how many of you are saved tonight? Okay, we have a relationship with Christ. So when you hear the words relationship with Christ, you automatically think, I have a relationship with Christ. But how did you get that relationship with Christ? It was a new birth. The new Jackson baby is in the nursery. She is adorable. Takes after her mother's side, I'm sure. Skip the generation with, but anyway. <laughs> the seducing spirit made me say that, but okay. How does she become part of their family? She was birthed into it. That's how. And you and I are in the family of God because we were birthed into it. Now, they could, they could have snuck into the maternity ward at the hospital and gone through that window, looked in there, all those babies with a little mask on and looking there and, <laughs> and, and see, how they, see how they're doing and say, oh, I pick that one right there. And they can decide to have, say, we're going we're gonna to choose. But if there's no birth or adoption, you're not part of the family. There's no relationship. The same is true of God. We have to be birthed into. The Spirit of God quickens us. We're dead. He makes us alive. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Now let me give you the four statements. I'll move through the first three very, very quickly. So number one, the Holy Spirit works through the Word. The Holy Spirit, seducing spirits are seducing that's why we do not have to be careful. That's why Paul is writing to Timothy. As I, when I was teaching that emerging church stuff, and I'm moving, moving along very quickly on actually getting that to a book right now. It, it, when I was teaching through all that, I reminded all of us, I'm teaching on this not because I'm trying to condemn anybody, not because I'm, 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 I'm angry at anybody. Those who, who are filled with the seducing spirit, I, I, they're not my best friends. But there's a lot of people who are confused, and they're going to be sucked into something, and they're never going to hear the gospel. We need to be equipped so that we understand so when we're, we're discerning through all this jargon, there's seducing spirit and there's the spirit. There's just two. And so that'll help us win people or, or discern the truth for them. So the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Works through the Word. Uh, that's why the Word has got to be the focus. We have got great music. We've got the best music. I took a survey amongst myself, and I, it's the best music. And I don't think we would disagree with that. But the music, as good as it is, is not the focus. It's the Word. Because the Word of God, which the Spirit of God, as He moved on holy men, whispered in their ear what the, right, the Spirit of Word 
speaks of the written word. And I remind you what John chapter number 1 says about the word was made flesh, works through the word. That's why there are those who want to change the word, because it changes who God is. You can't change who God is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Holy Spirit works through the Word. That's why, use some common sense tonight. Are you all awake enough to do that? That's why those who change the Word and say, we don't know if we have a Bible or not, you will always correlate the worship experience. Because they don't have the Spirit to do a work. So they've got to seduce They've got to manufacture a spirit for the experience. I've been in services on vacation. We find a little church on the side of the road. The man gets up, he stutters, and he stammers, and he reads the Bible, and he does the best he can. And I can tell you there have been times where the Spirit of God has done a real work in my life. Because it's not the instrument. It's the Word. So the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Seducing spirits work through and appeal to the flesh. You ever been discouraged? And you go to the Word of God, and it helps you? Sometimes church members call me and say, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. I'm nervous about it. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious or I'm scared. I say, just read the Bible. Where should I read it? Really anywhere. Because it will help you. That's why all the self-help, all of the, 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 the carnality, it appeals to the flesh. Think about it. If you're on, if, if these, these and these emerge church movement, when you catch them in an honest moment, they admit the purpose behind everything is for the experience. They use the word experience. Look, 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 look when, you get the, when you get the material in the mail, look, it says worship experience. Come experience Christ. Come discover because it's, it's because and then you ask them, well, do you have the Bible? Well, no, well, well we, we, we use this one, this one, this one, this one. Well, there can only be one. And so when you take the Spirit of God out of it, and by the way, you can, that's why you take those who, who, who they could still be, say, we still believe the King James Bible, but they've changed the worship experience. Just give it time. The Bible's going. Because the two are competing. You cannot appeal to the flesh while you're pointing where the Spirit is pointing to Christ, it's not going to happen. The Spirit of God is quenched. Number three. Look with me again at verse number one. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. There's so much to unpack in this, in this verse. We've already unpacked a lot of it. You have the, the, the Holy Spirit. You have the seducing spirits. You, you, and, and Paul is writing to him, warning that that Spirit is seducing. Can I just say... Smarter men than me have been seduced. Better Christians than me have been seduced. More just sincere people have been seduced. There's a reason why Paul is warning Timothy, the spirit is powerful because it appeals to the flesh. But notice what he says, some shall depart from the faith. So statement number three is don't be shocked when others leave the faith. I didn't say don't be saddened. Because we're all saddened. Don't be shocked. I make that point to make this point. This is why Paul tells Timothy of his commitment. 
This is why Paul instructs Timothy of his responsibility. This is why Paul warns Timothy to guard himself. It's so that he does not get swayed. That's why we all have the responsibility to understand I have a charge to keep. I do not get to decide what I do with the faith. God's already decided. And it's, it's, it's the most precious thing to hold that faith and to pass it to another generation. Uh, don't be shocked when others leave the faith. Uh, that's why you and I, uh, we ought to realize the responsibility that Timothy was given to him, and we have the responsibility today to keep the charge, keep the commitment. There are those that are previous generation to mine who have been faithful so that I can have the faith, I can have the gospel. I have a responsibility. There are those I've already alluded to at the very beginning who shed their blood because they would not give up their doctrine. They would not give up their belief. All you got to do is, is recant Christ, and they would not do it. All, all you have to do is baptize your river. They will not do it. And, and they, 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 would, they gave their life because they would not. It, they were committed to it. The, the, the price, you know, the preacher from the last generation, Albert B. Green, had it right. The, the, the price that some Christians and some preachers have set they, they would feel very comfortable in a five-and-dime store. The price is so low on our faith. And we want to keep that, but don't be shocked when others leave the faith. Now, number four, this is where I'll spend my, the rest of my time, which is about 60 seconds. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> Let's keep reading. Speaking lies in verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Statement number four is this. Doctrine and godliness are the revealer. Doctrine, you want to know if the Spirit of God is present, check out the doctrine, check out the godliness. If you want to know if it's seducing spirits, check out the doctrine, check out the godliness. Does it feel the same in a secular establishment on Saturday night as it does on Sunday morning? There's your answer. Is it seducing spirits or is it the spirit? Is there a true desire and stand for holiness or... Do we hide behind our carnality with the word legalism? Because if you, if you could articulate the definition of legalism, it's adding anything to salvation. And that term is used because we want to hide behind our... Just, just, this is an easy test. It's, it's not complicated. Just apply this to it, godliness and doctrine. That is the revealer. 
You and I know we're not perfect people, but we're striving to be more like Christ, aren't we? You cannot be more like Christ unless you're less like the world. And when a church gives up its doctrine, that's why we will always stand for and fight for the doctrine of this book. It's not for sale. There's, there's no relationship. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no applause. Uh, there's, there's, I'm not going to avoid battles. But I'm going to give it up so I can avoid some fights. Oh, no, the devil will continue to fight. It's because of this book. I'm not giving it up. Because when doctrine goes, godliness goes with it. Many times we don't like this, but it is an undeniable fact. That's why we've got to hold true to the doctrine. Pastor, we didn't take such hard stands. Sometimes people would say, oh, you mean if, if we gave up our doctrine? Or if we gave up our godliness? What do you think pleases the Spirit of God? You, I've been your pastor now for many years. You've, you know, you've got a sense in my heart. We, we have a great relationship. You, you know my personality. I believe you know my stand. You, you certainly sat under my preaching long enough to get a feel for it. My desire is for the Spirit of God to work through me by the Word of God to help you grow as a child of God. There are things that are said about our church that are not, not even remotely true. Well, they teach this and they do this. I bet you couldn't name five things I have called by name and preached against in the last, well, besides the emerging church. I covered that tonight. What I'm saying is, is this because the Spirit of God will tell you. The Spirit of God will tell me what I need to change, what you need to change. If the Spirit of God tells you there's something in your life that is keeping you from serving Him, you probably ought to deal with that. Uh, you probably ought to take care of that. Because if we truly are children of God, have the Spirit of God in us, and we organize as God has ordained, pastor and people, and as the pastor prepares with the heart of God and through prayer and what do, what do the people need? And we, we come and, and I, I do the best I can to, to give the message that God wants and in the power of God. It's now up to the Spirit of God in each one of us to do what the Spirit says. That's a lot more personal than an experience. And all of us need to listen very carefully what Paul is saying, Timothy... The Spirit is being very plain when he says this. Very straightforward. He's not beating around the bush. Some are going to leave. Better watch those seducing spirits. It's doctrines of devils. I hope this helps us tonight because we understand that there's just truth and there's just an error. There's right and wrong. There's Bible truth and heresy. You realize that if it's almost true, it's not true. You leave a little, you leave a detail out, it's not true. You know, we can make just out and out lies and error sound true. 
by just leaving a detail out or not giving all the facts. You can have a relationship with Christ. Isn't that true? But it's not coming because you check a box and get baptized and get a I have decided t-shirt. It's through conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And, and you and I have a responsibility to know this book so that we can help discern. Because I've taught you this, but you may in a hurry. Okay, good. You're either already asleep because nobody responded to that. This is important because as I've taught us, I believe this is the last day's theology. I believe this emergent, it's in, it's in every denominational label you want to put on it. It is the, the, the religion that is, is, a, is, it is spreading across the country. I believe it, it is satanic. I believe it is antichrist. And the, and, and it's in one of the, the book of, uh, I, I'm writing all this anti, all this liberal, gender, homosexual stuff is right at home in the emerging church. It's right there. I believe it's all traces back, and one day it's all going to reunite with Rome. Because you'll find in all of these, and I will document this pretty soon, in all of these emerging churches, this contemporary music, they're all tied. You can tie them all to Catholic doctrine. It's all going back. We don't need to be, are there safe people in there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how'd they get there? Did they, get, they didn't get saved there. Check this out. You won't find, you won't find anybody in one of these emerging churches who got truly born again there. They left places where the gospel was preached, and now they're there. And then what do they do? They keep people from going and getting the gospel. Uh, you don't get born again in places where there's doctrine of devils. So keep yourself right. Your children might be grown, but your grandchildren might be a state. So let's close. Father, help us.